0: Well, good morning good morning again let's stand together and worship that god that we talk about in this season and how that he is worthy of our praise and the one thing we talked if y'all were here wednesday we talked a little bit about um in philippians how god took the form of a man and humbled himself and came and lived among us and uh in his life and death and resurrection he gave glory to the father <clears throat> and so as we start the season of, of advent and, and worship and, and looking forward to the And celebrating the birth of Jesus, we just can remember that He was worthy before, was worthy then, He's worthy now. So let's sing of that God who is worthy, who is holy, um, this morning. And
1: holy, holy, holy Lord God almighty early song shall rise to thee holy 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 merciful and mighty god in three persons blessed trinity darkness hide thee through the eyes of sinful man the glory may not see only thou art holy there is none beside thee perfect in power love and purity holy 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 lord god almighty all thy works shall praise thy name in earth and sky and sea holy 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 merciful and mighty god In three persons, blessed Trinity And praise God from who all blessings flow Praise Him, all creatures here below Praise Him, above ye heavenly hosts Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. And angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains. And the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strains and glory. Excelsis Day, you Shepherds, why this jubilee? Shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains prolong? What the gladsome tidings be, which inspire your heavenly songs? And Gloria, in excelsis Deo. And Gloria, in excelsis day. Come to Bethlehem and see Him whose birth the angels sing. Come adore on bended knee, Christ the Lord, the newborn King. Sing in glory, in excelsis day. In excelsis day sing glory one more time In glory oh, 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 oh glory in excelsis day Oh, come, O come, amen, you well, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile, ye, until the Son of God appears. Rejoice and rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Sing, rejoice and rejoice and rejoice, Emmanuel. Shall come to thee, O Israel. O come rod of rod Jesse. O come the rod of Jesse, free. Thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save and give them victory o'er the grave rejoice and rejoice Emmanuel shall come to thee O Israel and rejoice rejoice Amen. You will. Shall come to thee, oh Israel. Shall come to thee. And shall come to thee, oh Israel.
0: Let us pray. God, our Father in heaven, Lord, we just thank you for another wonderful day. And we thank you for this time of singing that we. Look forward to the birth of your son, Father, in this time. But we also know that we look forward to your second coming, Father, as we know that you've come and you've left, but you're coming again really soon. Father, I pray that we would serve you and worship you in this time um, and in each and every day that we walk with you. Father, be with this offering as we take it, Father. And I pray that you would be glorified in that as well. In your name I pray.
2: Dear Heavenly Father, we come now and we thank you for this day, Father. We thank you for who you are We thank You for what You have done. And God, we thank You that, as we're going to see this morning, You did not have to send Jesus down to be born and to live a life and to be led as a lamb to the slaughter. But God, You chose that to be Your plan number one, Your plan A. You had no other plan in mind, Father, and we thank You for that. We glorify You for that, God. And this morning, I pray that we will look at the prophecies of the Lord Christ's birth and we will, will be reminded of the hope that we have as the ones that have come thereafter, Father. And God, that we may not see Christ physically, Father, but You have sent one down, and the Holy Spirit, God, that would be greater than He, for He can live within all of us, Father. And God, I pray this morning that we live and we understand the hope that we have in you. And your son's perfect and holy name. Amen. So this morning. We're going to look at three different prophecies, uh, and then we're going to address two other aspects. Um, and, and I want to be clear about this, is when I picked these three uh, prophecies, uh, there was no rhyme or reason to why these three specifically. Because uh, the first one we're going to look at, if you're with me in Luke, is the story of the angel coming to Mary. But if you know that story, you know as well as I do, that not only did an angel come to Mary, but an angel came to Joseph. And then we see that Zebediah, which is John's father, prophesied as Christ. We prophesied that Christ was coming. We see the wise men. We see the shepherds. We see multiple times in this story that the, the Christ was prophesied right before his birth. And so I picked this one just because it's a beautiful picture of everything that Christ would be. Um, but there's so many more. And then later on, we're going to look at Isaiah's promise in chapter 9. And really, when you think of the prophecies of the Old Testament, it goes from uh, Abraham to to, to Abraham to Joseph to uh, Moses to David to all of these. They were all prophesied that Christ would be born unto them in the right time. So there's so many I could have looked at. But this morning, I wanted to narrow it down to three different things. And the first one is found in Luke chapter one, verse twenty-six through thirty-three. So, if you're there, read along with me. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, who sent God to uh, sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, "Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you." But she was deeply troubled. By this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will be conceived, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and he, you will name him Jesus. Other translations may say Emmanuel, which means Christ with us. God with us. He will be great and will be called The son of the Most High and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, who will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. So this is the story of the angel appearing to Mary. And there's so many things we can look at in this story alone, uh, but my my main focus is not the story of Mary, uh, because we can look at how Mary would feel. We can look at all the different aspects. But if you read on to the story, you see that Mary, she asked the question of how is this possible for I am a virgin. I have never been with a man in the biblical sense, so how am I to bore a son? And she says that, and then the angel responds and tells him that God will do it in the work of the Holy Spirit, that God would, would fulfill this and do this. And so when we see this story of Mary, it's easy for us to look at the intricate parts of it, of Mary and the angel and what they're saying and all of that. But really what I want to address this morning is the hope that was lied in the prophecy of the angel to Mary. See, this would have been a time period of where there would have been about a 400 year silence from the From God, for he did not send any more prophets uh, unto the land. There would have been uh, priests and things of that nature. But you see, when Christ comes into the scene as an adult, he calls them out before being heretics, right? He calls them out for for, uh, being vipers, for being wolves in sheep clothing, for being dead tombs, pretty on the outside but dead on the inside. So there would have been priests and things of this nature, but they were against God in the sins. So this this moment of the picture of the first prophecy of the New Testament of Christ, we see the hope that would lie in a statement like this. See, Mary would have knew who the Messiah was. She would have known what this really meant. And if you keep going on in the next chapter, you see Mary's declaration, Mary's song unto the Lord. And so we see right here, first and foremost, the hope of the the generation that would receive Christ to be born unto. There's a hope that was found in this. And she was promised that she would give birth to a Savior. And then let's look at Isaiah chapter 9, if you would turn with me there. Isaiah 9, we're going to look at verses 6 and 7. Earlier we read Isaiah nine one and two. And we talked about how how the light was to come. Six and seven says this. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. The dominion will be vast. And prosperity will be never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice righteous from now and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. We see right here is this, in this moment in Isaiah chapter 9, it's this prophecy that the Savior will be born, Emmanuel will be born into the world. But really to understand what's going on in this is that Israel, uh, the Israelites were in the middle of a war. The Assyrians had begun to invade their kingdom. And when you read on, and that's what's going on in chapter 8, and then in, verse 9, in chapter 9, we see the promise of a Savior, a king, that would come and, and relieve them and bring this hope unto them. But if you keep reading on in chapter 9 or chapter 10 you see that the Assyrians is delivering the wrath of God unto the Israelites. That God is working this out, but in the middle of their pain, in the middle of the darkness, in the middle of the problems of what they were going through, and specifically their darkness, that God promised that there would be a Savior that would come and would be born as a baby, and He would be known as the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Eternal Father, the Prince of Peace, and He would have dominion over all things. Think about the darkness they were in. They were in the middle of war and troubles and hard times. And and, and God used Isaiah and He says, Look, there's going to be one that's going to come and He is going to relieve you of all this pain and suffering and and, and sorrow. And He's going to be the mighty counselor, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's going to be this unto you and He's going to deliver you. Think about the hope they would have felt in that moment just to be reassured that a Savior was coming. That a, 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 a savior, a king that would deliver them from all, everything was coming. You know, I think about it, if you put it in context, um, think about someone that is fighting a war. And if they're fighting a war and they, they see that they, they have the disadvantage... They have the disadvantage. The the people are coming upon them. They seem in despair. They don't know what to do. They already are winning. They're already admitting defeat. But then they get a phone call. They say, look, the Calvary's coming. They're going to bring you home. They're going to take care of you. They're going to provide you. You are going to win this battle. This is what happened, is that God was reaffirming to the Israelites that the war is not over, the battle is not over. This is not the end, for I am going to send a Savior unto you. This was a reminder to them. They would have already known this. They would have already heard of the covenant that God made with Abraham, that He, he, he continued with Joseph and Moses and all of these individuals throughout history, that there was going to be one that was going to come, and He was going to be greater than all else. But this reminder, this hope, is what they would have held on to. It's like us in our lives, when we go through difficulties or hard times, And and we hear somebody say, just say, a glimpse of hope. Just a glimpse of a reminder of who God is and the power that God can fulfill all things in His will. We're reminded of that. And it just brings this hope unto us. See, put your, put your your feet in their shoes this morning. See, they were in great darkness. They didn't know how they would overcome this. They didn't know how they would get past it, how they would just live outside of this. And God steps in and He says, Look, I'm sending someone to you, and He will be a Savior. But what's unique about it is He didn't find it fit to do it just yet. And we see time, and, and as time goes on, he, he's, other bad things happen, other difficult things happen, but it just wasn't the right time. Now if you would, turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. As I said, there's so many others in between Isaiah and Genesis we could have talked about. Because when you think about who Abraham is, and we think about the promise that God made Abraham about the great descendants, it's because that Christ would be born of Abraham. And when Christ was born of Abraham, there would be descendants that Abraham would, would not even know that he had, like you and I. We're Gentiles, but we are under the blood and the resurrection of Christ Jesus. And so we were born of Abraham just like the Jews were. And this is such an amazing aspect of what's going on. But Genesis chapter 3. In verse um, 15 and 16, I believe. 14 and 15. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you have cursed more than livestock and more than the wild animal. You will move on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. This is... The moment we know this story, right? We know that the sin had happened. Sin had come into the world. Adam and Eve sinned against God. They ate of the tree of the fruit of the knowledge. And what we see is that the serpent tricked the woman that could see, you know, tricked the woman into taking the fruit of it. Adam being with her, ate of the fruit afterwards. Both to blame. And this is the curse that God has given the serpent. But it goes on in verse fifteen, and this is what I want to focus on this morning. He says, I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. This is the promise of Christ in this little bitty statement in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. He says, I and he will strike your head. The offspring of the woman will strike the head of the serpent that, that would destroy Satan, that would conquer it all. That offspring was not Cain nor Abel, because when we see the saint of Cain and Abel, what happens immediately is that Cain kills his own brother, right? So not, not too long after this story happens, we see that there's two people born, the offspring of Eve, and we see that there's maybe this glimpse of hope that this person would deliver them. But then sin just enters the world all over again in just a different form. Then so you go throughout history, you, you think that it's going to be a good thing. You think that God's going to work in some of these descendants' life. You get to, to Noah, and when you think Noah, you know, he's the last righteous man. You know He'll be the one that delivers them, right? Then Noah lands the boat, they get out, he plants a vineyard, what's he do? He sins all over again. And this same system, in the same cycle, happens over and over and over and over again until when? Until the birth of Christ Jesus our Lord and Saviour see the darkness this is the darkness that we still deal with today this is the darkness we would deal with until the end of the world because when you read Romans and you think about Adam and Adam is our first father right Adam is the first father of sin and because Adam sinned all humanity live under the curse of sin now and that's what you see in Genesis chapter 3 is that because of the sin of humanity of Adam and Eve all humanity are born into sin but then we by our own will sin against the father so we live in this darkness Darkness of sin, and, and when they lived in this darkness of sin, just like the Israelites were in darkness of bondage of of war and and things of that nature, they were in bondage of sin. Just like uh, Mary was in bondage of sin and darkness of sin, we too are in this same darkness, and this darkness was deep and long and would last forever. But what's so significant about this is that the first promise. Of our Lord Jesus Christ to be in coming from the descendant of Eve was right after sin entered the picture. That God did not wait, God did not hesitate, and God did not uh, just pause for a moment. God puts this little piece in there and says, But though you sinned, there's going to be one coming that's going to stomp the head of the serpent, that's going to conquer it all, and that is Jesus Christ. And that's, when we look at the prophecies, that's the ones I wanted to address. But there's some more hope that we find in this. It's more than just the prophecies of Christ's birth that we find hope in. If you would, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. This right here, to me, this is where all of our hope lies. This is where our love lies. This is where our joy lies. This is where our peace lies. Because if you're there with me, 1 Peter chapter one verse twenty says, "Christ's birth, death, resurrection was always plan number one." This is the statement I've wrote, but 1 Peter chapter one verse twenty says this: "He was foreknown before the foundation of the world." But was revealed in these last times for you. And really, just to go in depth. I just wanted to read this one little simple verse, but Peter explains it there. What's going on is that Christ, as we read in John chapter one, verses one through five this morning, Christ has always been right. He's been from the beginning of times. He was in the beginning with the, was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. Christ has always been. He's always, he has always been and He will always be. For his, He is in perfect unity with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. They were all one creature, one Godhead. And what we see in this is that it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, and we see the same thought in Ephesians, and we see it all throughout Scripture, is that Christ was foreknown before the foundation of the world. Now, this is a word that a lot of people don't like, but Christ was predestined, predetermined. And what that means is that from the beginning of time God knew that he would send Jesus to be the savior for humanity that God knew from the very beginning that humanity would be born and then they would mess it all up he knew that their only hope was Christ Jesus so from the beginning of time this was the plan of God was to save individuals through Christ Jesus Christ was from the beginning, this, this, this idea of having a Savior be born and then to live and to be led to the, the, up the hill of Golgotha and to be hung on the cross, that was the plan from the beginning. And as I've talked about before, and I've preached this before, you wouldn't have took any wedding vows of saying that you were going to be cheated on and treated badly the rest of your life, would you? have? No. But this is exactly what God did when He created us. He not only created us to be with Him and to bring glory to Himself, but He created us knowing that we would be sinful and reject Him and turn away from Him and not be His creatures and all of this. And so from the beginning of time, what He desired to do was to send Christ Jesus to be born as a baby, to live a life in this earth, to be hung on the cross and to die for our salvation and for His glory. So not only was it prophesied to Mary and all of those in the New Testament, not only was it prophesied to Isaiah and to all of these other individuals throughout history, not only was it prophesied in Genesis chapter 3 when sin entered the world, but it was the plan from the beginning that God loved us so much that He knew that He would send His Son to be the sacrifice for all of us. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel loved greater than anything else, knowing that God knew He would have to go through what He went through for our name's sake and for His glory. You don't have to turn with me there, but my last scripture is Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 10. 8 through 10. For you are saved by grace through faith this is not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not from works uh, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works by God prepared ahead of time for us to do. We have hope is where? A hope lies in Christ Jesus. A hope does not lie in anything else, but it lies in the fact that this this Godhead, this God-individual des- desire to be let, to let, let down from heaven to be born as a baby boy for our namesake. This is where our hope lies. This is the only place that we can find a hope for our eternal salvation. And so this, this time of the year, as we think of the birth of our Lord and Savior, I want us to first and foremost think of the prophecy that, that fulfilled this, but also the hope that lies in Christ Jesus. Think about it like this. We know the story of Christ, right? He was, they were traveling and they found themselves in a the senses and, and there was no room for them at the end, so they were born in, in the manger, right? We know the story. We know how it unfolds. And think about this baby boy, however you have to picture it. If you have to picture a baby doll, a baby boy that you know that's been born, however you want to picture this in your mind, picture a, a baby laying in a manger, okay? When that baby was laying in a manger, He was the hope of humanity. He was the hope that we would have salvation one day. And I firmly believe in some way, somehow, He knew from the very beginning what the plan was. You know what's so bad about it is that Mary would knew too. Mary knew what his, her son was going to do. And I know there's a song that said, Mary, did you know? And Mary knew. Mary knew exactly what Jesus was going to do. And when, when Christ laid on that day He was born, and the day that we celebrate this time of the year, when He laid in that manger, He was laying there as the hope to the world. This morning, as we've talked through all of this, first and foremost thing I want to talk about as I get ready to come to somewhat of a conclusion this morning, is that each of these stories that I talk about, they found themselves in some kind of darkness. See, Mary's time... They would have been in the darkness of where God did not speak for 400 years. Isaiah's darkness was when the middle of war, which, I'm, which would eventually lead to exile. When we look at Genesis chapter 3, we see that Adam and Eve, just after God gave this curse unto them, they were separated from the Father. It was the darkness of sin. We find ourselves in darkness too. We find ourselves in, a, in a dark places in our lives. First and foremost, if you, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have the darkness of sin that covers your life. But sometimes we find ourselves in darkness of just difficulty and hard times and just issues that may happen. And we just We don't know how to go forward. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to live a life that we're called to live in such a way that's going to bring glory to God. We find ourselves in just darkness in this life. See, when Christ laid in that manger, He was the light of the world. That's why we light this center candle that represents the light of Christ. That's why we light this candle a light of hope, because we too have that same hope. We have the hope one day, and we're going to talk more about this the Sunday after Christmas, but we have the hope that Christ will return one day. So this morning, when well, I pray and hope from all of this, As we begin to reflect on the birth of Christ, we see that throughout history that God assured His children of the coming Savior. For Christ was always plan number one for salvation of the world, for He was foreknown from the beginning. But when God found it fit in God's perfect timing, Christ was born to be the ransom for all humanity, for all sins, past, present, and future. But if I don't leave us with something of some form of application, I would feel like I didn't do my job justicely. So four things quickly, what this should cause in our lives. This hope in Christ Jesus should first cause us to cling to Him for salvation. To cling to Him for salvation of our sins because we have a darkness in our life that we cannot overcome in our own ability, but only through Christ Jesus. Jesus that we cling to Him for salvation. Not only just today, guys, not only just whenever you came to Christ and you said that prayer, or you walked out and you were baptized and it meant something, not only cling to Him then, but cling to Him each and every day to, to sustain you in salvation. For God not only saves us, but He carries, carries us to the end. Then also should calls us to praise God with thanksgiving. For our hope lies in nothing else than Christ Jesus and the sacrifice that He made for all humanity. That was known before the foundation of the world, but was fulfilled. And the beginning of that fulfillment was when this baby boy laid in a manger. And the last application is simple, and it's actually very easy to do this time of the year. Is that if you hold on to this hope of Christ? as your Lord and Savior, then what it should do is it should, la- it should lead you and lead me to telling of the story of Christ Jesus. Telling the gospel. Telling of His birth, telling of His death, telling of His resurrection, telling of the hope that we have in Jesus because of what this time of the year means. But not only today, not only in between now and December the 25th, but every day after. So our hope from the darkness of this world is in the light that was born to us a few thousand years ago. But it should lead us to clinging to Him for salvation to trusting him to sustain our salvation to worshiping him with thanksgiving and to going out and telling his story you know this morning as Troy comes I don't know about you all but I sing a song like O Come O Come Emmanuel or Hark the Herald Angel Sing or Joy to the world. And you know. so often sometimes we may get caught up in the fact that we may think that they come too early in the year or they don't come early enough. And we may, we may depend on it in different ways or another, however we may think about it. But those songs are declaring the birth of our Lord and Savior. And that is where our hope lies this morning. Um, I don't think that's the song we got coming next. But whatever song we have next this morning, I pray and hope that we hold on to this hope. We hold on to the hope that which Christ is and fulfilled on His birth and death and resurrection. And we sing to Him. We thank Him. We glorify Him in all things. Dear Heavenly Father, we come now. We thank You for this day, Father. God, as we're about to sing how deep the Father's love. Oh, how beautiful of an ending song that is, Father. That we can declare and sing about the love that You had that in Your timing, in Your right timing, God, You sent forth Your Son to be born into this world that eventually He would be led to the slaughter for all humanity and for Your glory, God. And not only that, but how deep Your love is for us, God, that we were born in the time period that we are so that we could have this redeeming sacrifice that would cover our sins. And God, I don't want to focus too much on, on everything, God, but I want, to, I want us to lo- realize that this birth was more than just a birth, God, but it was something that was planned from the beginning and something that we look towards to and look back to throughout all of our lives, Father. It's also something that we understand it led to something much greater, and that was the redemption of humanity. And God, we didn't deserve it. We can earn it. And God, we we're just not good enough. We treat you badly, we sin against you, we spit upon you, we hung you on a cross. But God, you desired to save us for our good and your glory, to the point that you would send your own son to be born into this world. And God, we thank you for that. We thank you for that love. And God, I pray this morning that we hold on to that hope in all things. In your Son's perfect and holy name. Amen.
0: Let's stand together and sing.
1: And how deep the Father's love for us beyond all measure that He should give His only Son to make a wretch His treasure. How great the pain of searing loss the Father turned His face away as wounds which mar the Chosen One. Bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon the cross. My sins upon his shoulders. Ashamed I hear my mocking voice. Call out upon the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished his dying breath has brought me life i know that it is finished and i will not boast in anything no gifts no power no wisdom But I will boast in Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection. Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom
0: we just thank you again for being here at lighthouse this week um we thank you for giving your everything in worship and from day to day week to week as we walk together away from each other and then we come back on sundays and wednesdays and we worship together we know that we are the body of christ and that we have hope in the promises and in the prophecies that are christ jesus and in him alone can we be thankful and hopeful and so I thank you so much for being here. And as we pray and and, just, and as, we, as we close this morning, let us be glad and, and excited about what is to come as we continue to worship God in this season and shine His light um, in the world. So let us pray.